0: Ladies and gents, you're with Adriana Soros, and I'm the coach of Adriana rex for BBL Supercoach. We're getting close to the Big Bash start, aren't we? And uh, We're under a week away. Things are getting exciting. We're starting to see some signings come in for clubs. They're starting to top off rosters. We're seeing some practice games and lower-grade games to get a gauge on people's form. In the lead up to the Big Bash, we haven't had anything too official that's come through on how lineups are going to fare. But we can make our best guesses as to how we think they're going to line up. And hopefully we get some information closer to the Big Bash commence. I'm going to do a show tonight where I give you an update on my team, where it stands at the moment. It's changing every week, which all of us, I'm sure, are doing lots of changes to our team on the regular. Uh, We're going to read some questions from the socials that have come in for me. Uh, Last week it went down really well, the questions that I answered. And we've had a lot more questions come in in the last week, which a lot of them are quite good and relevant questions, I think, for teams. So we'll cover the questions. And I'm also going to have a guest on. It's going to be the wonderful Kane Anderson from the Supercoach Hub You will have heard me talk about the Supercoach Hub before on the podcast. It's a great Supercoach outlet on on Discord for all your Supercoach needs. Uh, And we're also, uh, I've mentioned the old Supercoach Hub Masters where a lot of your content creators in the BBL community are going to go head to head in a league. So, uh, we'll have a great chat with Kane Anderson to finish off the show. But I wanted to kick off the show tonight covering a subject that affects us every year in Big Bash, and that is the weather. Well, it looks like we're not going to be you know, avoiding the weather again this year. We've got, what? what's it called, El Nino in, uh, <laughs> coming into Australia along the eastern seaboard. It feels like it's rained every bloody day. I'm, I'm in brisbane here and i'm ha- I'm heading out to mow the lawn every three days it seems because it's like growing you know up to your ankles you know so quickly so um look we've got some weather on the horizon earmarked for the start of the big bash now it, inevitably we do get weather in the big bash it does sort of screw up plans um, but we have some that is you know earmarked to hit you know round one game one and look we can look at it in two ways There, it is always a stressful time you can have decisions to make at times when the weather is there whether a game is going to be called off sometimes lockout happens you know before we even know officially if the game is is going to be a write-off so you really need to have your finger on the pulse and you need to have a contingency plan And that's my point uh, in relation to the weather we might be in a situation with this game one it's the stars versus the sixes and so we know the sixes are on the double game round you might have to adapt on the quick you, know, you have to know what you've got to do uh, if a game is a complete write-off or if it's going to be partially affected it looks like it's going to be showers throughout the night for instance so there's many different strategies of how it can go you, know, you might have somebody like a Maxwell in your team who's the x-factor guy and if it looks like it's a pretty shoddy old outlook you may take a different approach and have someone like a darcy short or a you go you might have been fading rashid khan in round one and planning to bring him in in round two you could just flip that you could start with rashid khan and bring in maxwell in round two you know you might be going all right well it looks like it's going to be heavy rain i'll go jack Wildermuth because the Heat are playing at Manica Oval and the weather outlook looks fine. So I might go him, Wildermuth, instead of Dan Christian. It's a tough thing to navigate and you might have to go different approaches. One of your approaches might be to carry only like three sixes and go four heat. I know we sort of recommend against that because it's hard. You know, you can only got three trades a week, but you might want to hold one heat on your on your bench because you've got a double game round for them in round six, so you might just go err on the side of heavy heat players and undergo go, you know, your your basic, you know, premium type ones for the sixes. You know, Curran might be good enough to get a really really good score in one point three games or even in a single game, so you might hold him. Yeah, you know, that could be a, an option for you, but you might get rid of fringe players like Hughes, and you might make decisions on some other players. I recommend that you have it written down. I write down, game one, looks like it's weather. Here are the six players that I've got from that game. And the, the benefit of round one is that you can make your trades. And they don't count as a trade, obviously, in the first round. So it's sort of a blessing in disguise in that sense, that you can make the changes. And I have it written down. If it's a write-off, Maxwell becomes short. Dan Christian becomes Wildermuth and, you know, I'm going to go bring in Jilks in place of Hughes. You know, I'll have my plans written out and ready to go. Because it can get a bit hairy when, you know, the weather's happening and you don't know if the game's going to go ahead and lockout's approaching and they haven't given any official word. Sometimes you've got to just make a call on the run. And people get caught out all the time just not having their finger on the pulse. So... Yeah, we could have round one. It could be right from round one. That the rain is affected. You've got to be ready for contingency and have sort of a plan in place so that you don't muff it up. Anyway, but yep, weather. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's going to be another one for, for this year as well to contend with. So let's read some questions out that have come through to the inbox. Some good ones in there and a lot of questions relating to player versus player. Who do I like? Which I'm sure a lot of us are asking ourselves as well and i'll cover those as well um the first one was in relation to me and my podcast last week talking about how many guns i had in my team (laughs) to start with and i did say that lid and philippi were borderline guns but they're probably guns you can count them in for these purposes as guns and i had seven guns now you know i was talking to a person who had eight guns and looking at their team they had eight guns and four nuffs now that's not the way to go about it you can't go in with four enough so you need your bench generating money so that you've got you are increasing your value and you know you limit your ability to trade you've got less players to play with in your you know pile of cards of players so uh, you can't go in with four You, you and look you know you go this big eight premium team you think you might be on for a winner but you haven't spread your funds and to have eight you're gonna have a deficient team uh, in in other parts so look I'm going a seven approach and and that's the other thing too a lot of people are very loosely calling their it's seven guns then they're, they're really just midi some of their guns but you know I think the seven that I have a pure you know guns or just below if you're counting Philippi and Lynn as borderline guns and to be quite honest people wouldn't say that my team is well-rounded i'm going with a gun aggressive approach i've got players on my bench that are 60 to you know 90,000, and i've got two nafs so i don't really mind having two nafs although it would probably be better for you to have one naf but what i get from two nafs is i can put one in bat i can put one in bowl and i can get a look at my bench uh selected batter and bowler and loop them with those two nuffs uh if i want to the people who have got maybe six guns could have a more well-rounded team they could have bench players that are up around your 100k type price and they might have only one npr being a josh can on their bench and their team is probably a more well-rounded team a balanced team and that could be the approach for you i wouldn't necessarily recommend my approach to everyone the old gun heavy approach because i've got two nuffs and i've got some sort of speculative 60 couple of 60 kers on the bench and it's a risky approach if you're playing super coach bbl for the first time i would recommend maybe a bit more of a conservative approach because the aggressive approach gets hard it's a harder one to manage i think for teams so you know, eight. I think you c- you can't go in with that many MPR. Seven is aggressive, and with six, I think you know you can go that balanced approach. If you're only going with five guns and you're trying to make you know the midi madness, that's not a. Pr- I don't like that approach either because I think you can might find yourself gun short then as well. So, look, it's a balancing act, and you know someone just noticed. They're like, "Whoa, whoa how's your team look when you've got seven <laughs> So, yeah, it can it can be a hard balance because you might be letting down the rest of your team, you know, quality-wise. So think about that in the lead-up to the Big Bash commence. All right, so let's get into some of the other questions. One of the first ones was uh, Dan Christian um, versus Jack Wildermuth for round one. Now, a week ago when I was talking up Dan Christian, probably for the first time in the preseason, it looked like Dorchus had an injury concern, And, you know, there was no signing that was happening. So we felt like Dan Christian's stocks for bowling particularly had risen. Now we know that the Sixers have signed Chris Jordan. He's a fantastic death bowler. He's a gun fielder. And he's a pretty bloody handy bat as well. So Chris Jordan in that team, I think, puts a dampener on Dan Christian bowling at the very minimum. Now, Jack Wildermuth, he's got the plum, plum role as far as round one is concerned in that Brisbane Heat lineup. The players that are out of that team in Steckity and Nisa have opened up the door for Wildermuth to open the bowl. he probably open a cu- uh, with a couple of overs and maybe he'll get a couple of death bowl- bowling overs in there as well. And he'll bat at six. He's got a plum role in that team. And yes, I think he's ahead of Dan Christian. Now, along the Christian lines. Somebody asked also, how about uh, the old sneaky downgrade cr- to Chris Jordan from Dan Christian, which I don't mind that either, you know, to be quite honest. I think you pocket yourself a good 50K, which you could do a lot of great stuff in your team. Uh, and, you know, you know that Chris Jordan is going to bowl death overs, which is money, money, money for supercoach purposes. And he's a gun fielder and he, f- he, he makes a difference in the field. He gets catches. They put him in good places probably one of the best fielders in world cricket so he's a gun fielder and he's pretty handy with the bat as well Yeah, so oh i wouldn't i wouldn't be against him i think he's directly affecting christian and i think he's a fair option because he's going to be there for round one you know to take in your team instead of dan christian and spend the money um the next one i had a jason sanger versus matt short now Neither of those players excite me a great, great deal, I'm going to be honest. But look, I just do it in a real logical sense. And Matt Short is going to bat at three, or he'll open. And he's going to play the double game round in round two. So he wins on that alone for me against Jason Sanger, who's going to bat at four. And he's definitely got job security issues. Uh, Ollie Davies is going to be quicker than first thought, back into that Thunder team, you'd think. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if Sanger is the one that jumps out of that team. So, uh, look, it's it's just going to be short for those reasons, for me. Uh, the next one was Lammer Shane versus Matt Kelly. And I thought that was a really, really good question because I actually like them both. For 100k uh, around that mark for both of those players, I actually think they're slightly unders and I think they've got to be a class to them. Look, I put some of that same logic with the match Short and Sanger in there, and say, you know, you've got uh, Kelly in a good role in that team with Jai Richardson out for bowling in the right parts in the game, and they've got a double game round in round four, and I think the price is right as well, so I'm going to favor him over Lamachine, who I think is a pretty good option as well, 100k, I think he's classy, uh, and I think he's unders, and they'd have the double game round in six, so neither of them are bad buys in my opinion, but I think that Matt Kelly in prior BBLs was around a 50-point average, uh, and he's he's always sort of flown under the radar. So, you know, he is a good option. I'd probably pick him out of those two. Another question I had was in relation to, is there a world where you can fade uh, Josh Filippi for round one? Now, I don't think that you can fade Josh Filippi for round one. He is uh one of the very very good options for round 1 in my opinion he obviously has a backup skill being the wicketkeeper that someone like lin doesn't have and he's actually more consistent than a player like lin so if you're going to fade anyone i would fade lin because out of the two of them he's you ask yourself who's more likely to get two bad scores it's lin <laughs> out of the two of them so look philippi last year he turned up on multiple multiple times he only went very, very low a few times, and his sort of wheelhouse was 20 and above. If he didn't go below 20, not that you would be happy with a 20, but he's 20 to 140 is his wheelhouse. He's a lot more consistent than someone type like Lynn, and I can see a world where you would fade Lynn, but I cannot see a world where you'd fade Philippine. I think he's just opening wicketkeeper, uh, a premium option for that double game round in round one. Look, there's... You know, a spot in that Australia team, the Test team. I think it could be Carey and or Inglis, f- for instance. And there's going to be someone that comes out of that Australia A team. So, you know, there's got to be a possibility that it's philippi So, you know, that could be that could put a line through all of it, <laughs> couldn't it? So, anyway, that's that question. We'll finish with some of the questions that I posted in a post, which was, you know, if you can't quite get your budget to balance you know for your round one teams you can go some of these cheaper options and you know get get by at a, at a score that's equal or possibly better so let's pit them together we had Lynn versus James Vince look I don't think that I would take James Vince because obviously we you know there's aggressive approach and there's conservative approach i think if you want it to be safer you could go someone like vince because he's less likely to fail two times in a row like Lin is uh and he was pretty pretty good form in the last uh yeah you know, towards the end of last big bash but Lin and he's in lynn sanity and what he can do is why i just say Lin is ahead you know you save 20k so it's not quite a 50k saving uh, but if you're a conservative player, I think you could go a Phil- you could go a James Vince over Chris Lynn if you play conservative. But if you're someone who's trying to shoot for the max out of players, Lynn's appeal for X Factor purposes is too much. Uh, we covered you know Dan Christian versus Jack wildermuth I think Jack wildermuth is in that plum role, particularly round one relevant, and I put him ahead of Dan Christian now, who's affected I think by you know the signing of chris jordan uh (laughs) it was bartlett versus Menenti. now if you had to choose between those two you know i think they're both pretty good options you know for your round one teams uh but if i had to choose between the two of them i'd probably choose bartlett and it's really simple the reason why i choose bartlett i just think that with the troops out you know your nieces and your secondies i see bartlett you know opening the bowling bowling his four overs and definitely playing both games in the double game round in round one the simple fact that you know the sixes have menenti steve o'keefe and lloyd pope it, you know there is a world where one of them comes in for game two and one of them gets a rest uh, you know it's probably unlikely we hear that menenti is ahead of pope in the pecking orders but it's just something that is you know a little worry in the back m- mind for me but you know, just quietly. I think they're both good options. We cut price options for your round one teams. So there you go. Uh we'll have a chat next with Kane Anderson from the Supercoach Hub. Okay, and we are back with our wonderful guest for tonight's show and it is Kane Anderson from the Supercoach Hub. Welcome to the podcast, Kane. How are you?
1: I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, to those who follow me for the Big Bash, we obviously talk a lot, you know, Super Coach when it comes to NRL, because we both are mad keen NRL you know, supporters and Super Coach players. But um, it's really good to talk some
1: Big Bash with you as well, because we're both big cricket fans as well. Yep, definitely. Love my cricket. I, I still play, so, yeah, you know, I'm always happy to watch a bit and kind of sneak a bit of the shield games and the one day cup stuff whenever I get the chance and yeah love it
0: yeah I'm the same even no matter what I'm doing if I'm home and I'm not getting you know insulted by the missus for having sport on all the time I, I'm happy to have it on in the background you know all the time if I can um I know that's <laughs> <laughs> now, you're a, you're a busy guy. You, obviously, you you are the admin for the um, Supercoach Hub, which I've mentioned on the show a few times, and you're looking after, admin-wise, the Supercoach Super Coach Hub Masters. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, pretty exciting. So those that listen to your show throughout the NRL season know that we had the Turbo Semis Cup, mm. um, where yourself and I got that all running and brought all the podcasters all together to create a... Super League. Well, I was doing my team up for the BBL early in the season and I was getting a bit bored, so I decided to kind of do the same thing again. So, yeah, well, I, I contacted a lot of uh, content creators through Twitter and that sort of thing and just came up with a, a league and with the help of Nathan from the Supercoach Guns who suggested linking it to the hub. So we got the Supercoach Hub Masters League and we brought in um, 10 different teams. Each team is from a different content creator. And they are represented by one person who's come in to kind of be the, <laughs> the leading man for that page or podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no pressure. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> You're like carrying your team. So go and go and perform. That's, that's the good thing about me is I just go in and represent myself. And uh, I can only blame yeah. myself if I fail. <laughs>
1: Don't have anyone else who's just looking at you going, come on, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, if I ever decide I'd pro- probably need an, an offside or if I ever do AFL, you know, super coach, I do play that, but I'm not very good at it. So I'd need someone who obviously plays the game, you know, maybe to help me if I was ever going to podcast about that. But there are some fabulous, you know, people in the the BBL community you know for super coach purposes that are are in the it's super coach super coach hub masters and it's going to be a really good comp i'm looking forward to going head to head with some of them i i've been actually in bryce um mitchell for years i've been in his leagues and, and in a Twitter chat, you know, with Honeyball and I've chatted yeah, with them yeah. for years and years and played in their um, leagues. I think it's made me a better, you know, BBL super coach player just quietly, but um, so it's really yeah, good yeah. to go up against them. You know, they're really good players.
1: That, that's part of the reason for bringing them all together as well. Is you get to hear all of these guys talk together and just soak up all of the information that they're throwing out there all the time. You get plenty of inside information guys like, um, Maxie Bryden, who's working with um, the Daily Telegraph this year. He's done a couple of podcasts with Ben from Honeyball as well. He's just full of update information. Um, The Jock Reynolds guys who are working with Daily Telegraph as well this year. They're producing plenty of content. Playbook are always good. Um, We've actually got Tim Mitchell from the Daily Telegraph in the league as well, Mm. representing them. No pressure for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, we've got Super coach Guns, coach Edge podcasters, the Supercoach Experience Boys. So, yeah, it's going to be an awesome league.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, we'll get some. I think who, the representative for the playbook is the spy. And I know that I, I made the grand final against him in the Turbos Hammies Cup in NRL and I lost to him in the final of the Turbos Hammies. So, if it, I think it just feels like it's meant to be that I get. Uh, you know, get the final again and get revenge. <laughs> yeah. And um all right, well, um, you know, we're getting down to it, aren't we, with the Big Bash really fast approaching. And, you know, I think, you know, if you're like me, whether you've probably been looking at your team. I don't know if you're changing it as much as I do, but, you know, I think uh, a little bit more is becoming clearer for teams. I mean, we, we got the news today that Alex Carey's got the nod for um, the Ashes squad. So, I mean, I think that they're really, you know, you put a double tick next to someone like Harry Nilsson, you know, for his role and, and with the double game in round two, uh, do you think there's going to be any other implications for big bash players? You know, are they going to pull a keeper, you know, from <laughs> IE with Philippi, you know, from the BBL
1: squad. It's quite possible. They've still got Inglis in that a squad to go and play in that team, but I, I don't see them potentially grabbing Philippi as well. I, I, they don't really need a backup with keeper to go and play a tour game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and if we're going to go and chuck another um, a bat in there or something like that. So there, there was chat from some of the boys earlier in the week that it might be like Moses on Reeks or something like that might like join the squad if they need another number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or they could go a really wild one. I know Jack Wildermuth was around, you know, the squad as well, you know, last year. So, uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see if they do grab someone. It'll be sort of a little bit of late, you know, carnage if they took a Wildermouth because I know he's a bit of a popular, you know, player. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. Um, questions wise, I, I wanted to cover a range of things with you tonight on the show. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's sort of just general questions that a lot of us in the community are asking on, you know, and I get a lot of questions to the inbox as well asking you know these sorts of questions and I'm going to run them by you and we'll probably finish off with I'll, I'll just tell you my team you can tell me what you think of it I'm going sort of a you know, you know I play a little weird sometimes but I'm going with a sort of a, <laughs> an interesting approach which I, I when I listen to most people I listen to the playbook before I come on here and listening to someone like Max yeah yeah listen to Max he's' Look, sounds a little midi madness, you know. He sounds like he's trying to really have a good bench and and, and have a good balance of of team, which I, I'm not going for. So we'll see how that you know works out when you when I go through my team. Um, but look, let, let's kick off the questions that I've got to the to the inbox. Look, round one double game round numbers. Where do you sit, you know, for them? I know that. Look, I I say to people, try to get to a minimum of six. You know, don't try to go two. Hard at them, so I say between six and eight, but what, where do you sit
1: on that? I currently have six. I kind of want seven. I, I, I feel like seven's the number I'd like to get, but then, again, we've also got the potential weather issues and that sort of mm. thing that might impact that. So if it ends up being that, say, the Sixes and Stars game on Sunday gets washed out, then I'll be cutting... Majority of my um, sixes from my team. I'll even be cut, I'll even cut Philippi and potentially go with uh, an extra cheap, two cheap options in Wickerkeeper and go and stack up the rest of my side elsewhere. I'd be getting rid of Stoyness, I'd be getting rid of Chris Jordan, I'd be getting rid of Menenti. So all all of those guys would all drop out of my team and I'd have a complete new structure.
0: Yeah. Well, see, that's actually a very sensational thing that you've mentioned, because one of the questions I got was, do you adjust your numbers, you know, for the initial double game round if there's rain? And I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. For me, if it looks like the game is a complete washout, you've got to just sack your team hard, you know, and, you know, someone that's like Curran, for instance, you might keep because he, he, he could do enough in one game. But I think you've really okay. got to try to get the other ones in, um, you know, out of your team. You, you're better off just going for the round two double people and the round three double people because essentially you've lost the double, you know, from that round and, and all your fringe players have got to be really on the chopping block. So,
1: you and know. You've got to think that, that the Melbourne Stars are the ones that are on that double in round three. So they're the ones that are playing that first game. So you're not going to be loading up on your game three as you can actually be losing a few. Yeah. If you've got them for that first game. So you you might even potentially go for a couple of Scorchers players who have double in round four instead. So yeah, or you you, you load
0: up, up yeah so, now well, you load up on your strikers in round one and then you go stars in round two rather than strikers. But yeah, that's yeah. one of the things that I opened the show with is people having a strategy. I think that when you, when we're talking about weather, it's something that impacts every BBL. And I think that because of wearing this, what is it, an El Nino, they call it, where it's going to, yeah. yeah, it's going to probably La Nina, it's going to affect this big bash, maybe even more. So I, I go down and I have a, a setup where I know exactly what my moves are going to be because it is kind of hard at the time when you're approaching lockout and we don't know any of these answers on whether it's going to be a the game's going to be called off. So I'm like, all right, Maxwell's going to become Darcy short and you know I'm going to get rid of Philippi and go, you know, blah. I know my moves ahead of time so that if I, yep. you know, if if it's if it's looking like it's going to be a washout. I, I know what I'm going to do exactly. Look, and there's even, you know, there's even different things that can happen that you have to adjust to as well. Like if the game looks like it's going to go ahead and be 18 or 17 overs and just say sixes are bowling first, you could almost hold Maxi and current because, and, you know, Philippe, because be bowling. That,
1: if you, there's rain around and the sixes are bowling, are batting first, then I probably wouldn't hold Maxwell because. It could get rained out in the second innings, and you might not get a bat. So they're the sort of things that you've got to balance out. Yeah, if, but that's also if the toss is done before lockout happens.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of things to contest contest with. Yeah. So in, <laughs> and what I mean in that situation is, that if the Sixers are bowling, the person that you want in your team primarily is current. so you know he's going to bowl. And if the stars are batting, you know, Maxwell's a better chance. Well, if, if the weather's saying it's going to come later on in the night, well, then you know that Maxwell's probably going to get his bat in. But you've got to really have your finger on the pulse if you, if you want to yeah, be able to navigate it.
1: If, uh, if there was weather around and they were going with the toss has been done and we're pretty clear that they're going to get at least half an hour of play, I'd drop Maxwell for someone like Joe Clark, who's going to open.
0: Mm.
1: So he, I've, after seeing some of his um, batting today, he was just cruising, yeah. hitting people all over the place. and it yeah. was a really good rate, and he um, looked like he's going to be pretty dangerous for them at the top of the order.
0: Absolutely. Well, I've been big on him. And, you know, I know that a lot of people say with the Englishman, and I know he's been out before and he didn't do very well. Maybe he's learned a little bit from that, but he didn't seem to have any trouble out there, you know, today.
1: And we've had had one fail, but he played two games. He had a. Yeah, yeah. got six off three in the first innings, but then a 60 odd off 40 balls. 40, yeah.
0: And and he's all but been confirmed to open the batting now and to have the gloves, which I think is. It's worth – he's puntable because you know he's going to open and have the gloves down and be the wicketkeeper. So um, with a double game round in round three, he's somebody that – he's got X-Factor, definitely got X-Factor, and someone who's 100K with that kind of X-Factor and, and a really uh, opening batter who keeps is just – it's philippi like you know, for roll.
1: The keeping is quite good for them because they've got quite a few spin options. They're going to have uh, Zampa. they're going to have Case Armoured, They've got Maxwell who might bowl a few. So there are chances for a few stumpings going on throughout the game. There's um, guys like and Isle are always good to, for a snick-off. So, yeah, there's a few good options for Pike to get some bonus points from the wicket Kitchen side of things.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I just think uh, f- for mine, there's players in around that 100 k price that you can take a punt on, not in the double game round to start with, like Lamarchein, uh, Matt Kelly and and I, and I really put Joe Clark in there after what we've seen today, where we've had more of a confirmation of role, where it's just you know it's a, it's a, it's a great role in that. Stars lineup. Yeah, the biggest worry is the weather in that first game and how many stars you would actually want to have in your team. But, you know, someone like Maxwell, who is really expensive, a tick under 200K, you have him in there for the X factor. You just want a full game. You need a full game with Maxwell so that he can take catches in the field, maybe bowl an over or two and get as much batting time as he can. So it is a risky thing ever if there's any weather you just, it, Maxwell's stocks go right down as soon as any of the game's cut. So it's definitely something that I think people have to think about. Yep, 100%. Yep, but so I think our general consensus is if the game looks like weather in a double game round, you've got to just cut the team and sort of think about it in a, like a single game round. And if you're going- in
1: have a... only got the heat on the double. So get the, the top couple of heat players and maybe one cheaper option, like they've got a quite a few of the bowling options, like your uh, Bartletts and Basleys and Kunamans, there oh. to kind of be your, your third heat. I wouldn't go more than three because they've got to buy the next week. Yeah. Um, and then just have the rest of it as single games and probably make sure that you've got your maybe two strikers ready to go for round two as well. So someone yeah. like Rashid and nielsen like you said before who are both pretty well locked into their roles and then you can add another couple of strikers when you find out what their side's going to look like
0: yeah we said in that 100 sort of k price i know oh we've got a 120k george garton so he's the all-rounder englishman i think i i was tempted by him to take a flutter on I'll, I probably led towards getting a look at him in round one, but these are sort of some That's of the right. yeah. contingency pa- plans for people to write down when they're, you know, if weather hits, I think, then you might have to just go, okay, double game round for the sixes is out. So I might start planning for my round two, you know, and, and start bringing in some of those strikers.
1: Yeah, Well, for someone like Gartner, I've never seen him bowl a ball or hit a ball. So I find <laughs> it really hard to jump on someone that I've just never even seen. Yeah. And yeah. even if, I looked at some stats and saw that it was quite good. I I still feel that little bit antsy about getting someone that I haven't actually visually watched.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's it. I think that with him, it was even because we know they're going on the double game round in round two, having a look for one game. If you saw him just going down and, you know, being real challenging with the ball and bowling, he's full four and he's probably coming in at seven, you'd think. So, you know, he might be worth a punt. But uh, if he goes out and brains it in round one, I think it makes it a lot easier, you know, to, to, to pick for round two. All right, so no, n- double game round numbers, I, I agree with you. I think seven is the sweet spot. I think you can get by with six. One of the things I would say to people is don't, if you've got like all of these um, Tom Coopers and Jimmy Pearsons, you know, you're probably are going about it the wrong way. You, you, if you can get people in that you think, and it's that simple rule, bowling four overs, bowling in decent parts in the game, or if they're batting in the top three. And four at a stretch, because we don't know for sure if oh, someone like Hughes... God. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so I think that that makes yeah, Baisley... You know, he'll probably bowl his four and he might get to donk a few out of the stadium. You know, Bartlett, I think, is going to open the bowling and, you know, maybe get, get a good role in that team. And, you know, Kudeman, he's probably someone who would play, you think, the initial rounds and then probably drop out. So, you know, you've got to pick which ones are the right ones to have in if you want to get yourself to seven and eight, I think.
1: Well, I think Koenigman's been in good form. He's been taking wickets in all forms. Yeah. And the fact that he's been doing that over the last month or so really kind of puts him on that radar to make that team instead of another quick or something like that. So if he gets into that number 11 spot and gets a few games in he might get you at a 20k after round one and then you can bump into a 110k someone yeah that's playing the double in round two like i'm really interested in
0: Yeah, I mean, I am for the reason of, of that he's a wicket taker. He definitely is doing that in the lower grades, and I always like to go spinners. That's why I'm I'm big on Manenti too. If he gets the run in that team, because I like a spinner in big bash cricket, just simply. And you know, someone like Kudeman definitely is an option for teams. You know, so if you stay away from your Pearsons and your Coopers, and you yeah. go for those, you know, Bartlett's, mm-hmm. Beasley Kudeman. I think you probably can get yourself to that sweet spot of seven. I I think for round one, Uh, how many guns or slash semi guns do you think in your initial team? Someone asked me a question last week. I I did the podcast and I went through my team with my guns slash semi guns. And I was actually calling Philippi and Lynn semi guns (laughs) in my numbers. And I have seven guns. And someone was like, how the hell are you having seven guns? And you know, the, The answer to that is that I've got a slightly thin bench, which we'll get to, you and I. But what do you think is actually, if you're looking at it, probably anyone above 150K, uh, how many guns do you reckon for you to have a nice balance and get yourself off to a good start? Let's just say for the non-experienced players, because if you try to overload yourself with guns, you're going to be deficient, I think, in in other parts on your bench. So what do you think? Well,
1: I think you probably want six at least. Mm. because you want to be able to get those premium points from them right from the get-go. And a lot of them are priced based on what they score already. So you're not going to lose a lot of cash from someone like Sam and Curran because they take wickets mm-hmm. and they do it consistently. Um, I think, you know, what have I got? I've got over 150K, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm. And then I've got Chris Jordan, who's won 48K as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm calling it my, I'm calling it the aggressive gun approach. And I think that that yeah. leaves your bench with 60K players. And, you know, there's a lot of people who say, well, let's get them up to 90 or 100K. Once I get a feeling that Max from the playbook there is doing that, you know, he's, he's talking about holding Finch and Renshaw. I know they're 60Ks and, you know, I mm. think, I don't know how much, maybe I'd hold Finch because when he comes back, I know he's going to open, but I don't even think Renshaw's going to have a great role when he comes back in that striker's line. I mean, I'd bat four or five, and I doubt he's going to bowl.
1: I've always been someone who doesn't like to start with someone who I can potentially downgrade to when they come back. Mm. We also don't know how long someone like Finch is going to be out for because he's just having a rest. So he could miss half the season. Yeah. So if that yeah. happened, then you've got him sitting there that whole time when you could put a Harry Nielsen in there instead, who's going to open the batting for the foreseeable future, potentially open. Yep. About at the top of the order anyway. And earn you 50K potentially. He's only at 76. Yeah. So if he has a few good innings, he could easily get to 120 plus. If he has a couple of them, pretty good ones, but um, that 50k, you then sell Nielsen down to Finch when Finch comes back, and you pocketed 90 grand, and <laughs> you can use that elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think someone like Finch, you know, they they were saying on the playbook, you, you have him on the bench because you then don't need a trade. You know he's going to come in and open the batting and you can then use your trades to bring in double game round players every round. If you wanted to downgrade to Finch, you're going to be using a trade to bring him in. Now, for that you reason...
1: You do to in my like cash.
0: Yeah. And and look, often when you're trading, sometimes you end up with drag money and you might need to... You know, you you might go down a hundred k person to a Finch who you know could come in and start generating money for you as well. So it probably warrants trade. Um, Out of the two of those, I would probably hold. uh, If 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 I was holding one, I would hold Finch, knowing that he's going to come in and open the batting. But you know, I think there was question marks over Renshaw's role, even though he's he was in great form in the Marsh Cup. There had had a ripping the other day, but I just don't know if he's going to have a super role in the team. So. I wouldn't hold him.
1: I, I wasn't interested in Renshaw. I had him in my team until he was selected in that Australian A touring group. Yeah. And the reason for that is he was been bowling a few overs. Yeah. And if, if he can go and sneak in an over or two and jag one wicket and then go and back in the top four somewhere, then that's that's great value at seventy K or whatever he's sitting at. So yeah, I was interested in him, but um obviously that went away pretty quickly yeah i was pretty interested in quite a few of those australia a players but same you know, what can you yeah
0: do? totally made my my team change but you know i think he's going to be back for round four and you missed the double game round that they're going to have in two and i think that you could probably use your money better someone like jilks who's going to open the batting you've got harry nielsen in there as well i think there's going to be some some options for teams so all right let's move on yeah. to the next one um Who's a popular avoid that you're, you're going with, a popular player that you're going to avoid and, and why?
1: This is a hard one because I've changed my team quite a lot because you can't fit everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. oh, I want that guy in my team. So I move someone else around. And like, oh, but I want this guy in my team. And I move the team mm-hmm. around again. So at present, I don't have Maxwell in my team. Yeah. Which makes me a little bit itchy but my reasoning, I kind of put Maxwell up against Sand, and I felt that Sands was going to have more opportunity to score points. He's going to bowl his four overs. He's going to bowl his overs at the start. His overs at the end. Potentially overs in that, um, what's the little power play in the middle? What yeah. do they call that again? Oh. Anyway. I don't <laughs> know. <surge> of- <laughs> Yeah. And um, and he's going to bat probably around five or six. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to come in and finish an inning. And mm. he's hitting a 90 or 40 ball over the weekend. Mm. Just scared me too much. I had to bring <laughs> him in. Yeah,
0: well, that's <laughs> it. And And look, you know, he was top four scorer last year for a reason. He is probably the strongest, you know, him, Mitch Marsh, you know, potentially Darcy short. There's some really strong all rounders in there. And we know that that's, you know, that's, that's the way to play the game is to stack yourself with there. You know, if Maxi, you know, he does have all rounder about him. It's just a question on how much he's going to actually bowl himself. And you, you would go as someone like a Maxi ahead of Sam's one for X factor and two, because they got the double game round in round three but I'm sure that you're going to probably plan to bring Maxie in for round three anyway.
1: Exactly. So I I don't plan on keeping Majid through his buy. So he's a high price guy that will drop down. I don't plan on keeping Jordan Mm -hmm. uh, long-term. That's a fair whack of cash that I can use to um, spend on getting Maxie back for his buy round. I also want Samper for that. Um, double game round as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've heard
0: most people who aren't because I'm a you know I'm an avid podcast listener and and most of them who who are for hitting maxi in round one it is uh, inevitably you know a nasty a nasty old watch because. Maxwell can go one hundred and fifty more <laughs> regularly than any other player. So you just gotta hope that in that round one, it's not one of those times. I guess. And the weather and the doubts over the game weather wise probably really works in favor of the the maxi faders. So there is definitely some logic to it, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um your smoky pick. I know we both mentioned Clark after watching that, you know, innings. And and look, the confirmation of opening bat and um keeper. I know when I spoke to um what's his name from Honeyball? Ben. ben. Yeah, when I spoke to Ben, we both named our he named Garton you know, from the strikers, and I named Clark as my smoky. We both named Englishman. You got a smoky who yeah, okay. you think we're gonna be saying early doors. Wow.
1: That player I, I, surprised. I did have Wildermouth in there for a little bit when he was first kind of, he avoided the Australia A tour. Mm. Um, but yeah, after watching his bowling on the weekend and getting smoked everywhere and um, mm. Baisley bowling more overs than him, mm. um, that, that worried me a little bit. So he disappeared. I do have Darcy Short, which I don't feel a lot of the teams that I've seen have had Darcy Short. I just feel like he's Way underpriced. Mm. I think bowling has improved a lot. I think he's yeah. going to be used a lot in this tournament. And um, he didn't do so great with the bat last year. And I don't see him having another bad year in a row. So, Darcy Short at under 200K. I, I feel like he's kind of being locked in. Uh, I've also got um, it, Chris Jordan in there, but he's purely a double game and then gone guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that if I was naming my, you know, popular avoid, you know, it, right now, it's, it's been like a yo yo, whether I think he's a good buy or a bad buy. And it's Dan Christian. <laughs> I think that Chris Jordan being in the team really probably puts a line through Dan Christian for me. And I would actually prefer Dan, uh, I would prefer Chris Jordan for, you know, the 50 plus K you save. Uh, from you know, Dan Christian to to Jordan, so he's someone that I've I've been avoid I've I've avoided up until I found out that Dorchus was injured, and then I was like, and they were, they hadn't signed Jordan, but now he's back down again. Dan Christian, um, in, in for me, and and my Smoky pick, you know, is is really you know Clark, and and I, you know, I've got in my team currently a Smoky in Matt Kelly because I know that the the Scorchers okay. have the double game round in round four. And he's probably going to, you know, benefit from not having Jai Richardson in the team, you know, for wary bowls in that, in that team. And look in the past, he's been averaging 50s, 50s. You know, you think he was 150 something K last year price wise. So I've got him in there, but for an extra 10 K, you know, I could go the X factor Clark, who's got the double game round in round three. So he's my smoky. And, and I, I think even to, an extent I think that Matt Kelly could surprise he's he's shown a little bit before and I think he's unders as well at the 100k especially with Jai Richardson out of that team so that's my smoky
1: yeah I don't mind that pick. He, he's not someone that I've kind of considered due to the fact that there's a lot going on in that scorchers team in kind of shuffling the deck trying to mm. get a, a lineup going and yeah they're, they're by not until round four I've kind of To concentrate a little bit on the first three, yeah. The only two guys where I'm just locking them in as season long guys were Sands and Short. I just feel like they're both going to go nuts this year and they can just sit in the team the whole season. They're both dual, they can flick around and, um, yeah, save me having to bring them in later.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, here's another question I got. This is one from someone they were like, Would you, um, go this combination, Max Bryant? And Joe Clark Or would you go Chris Lynn And Matt Short Cool So you've kind of gone Middies You've gone Brian. He, he. The person who was talking to me was like Look, Lynn is unpredictable So is Brian. There's every chance they could probably do, do the same thing So I'll do it for 60k cheaper And then as someone who was never confident on him Matt Short, could, I could take a tickle on You know, Joe Clark
1: Yeah. I'm not sure about the Matt Short thing because I just don't know what he's going to do. I don't know where he's going to bat. I don't know if he's going to bowl any overs. Just the, the role thing. So unless we get further clarification on that, I would be going the other way.
0: Yeah. I mean, Lynn is somebody who, you know, in, especially in a double game round, is a risky, you know, non own definitely. But, you know... If they don't have them. Yeah. And I mean, I just think, you know, you can... I think what we hear from Matt Short is either opening or batting at three, and we, I wouldn't be expecting too much in the bowling. But he's sixty k double game round in round two, and he's probably going to bat open, or if it's not, you know, if it's not Nielsen, but he and he'll bat at three. So, you know, yeah. I just, I just think it's, it's scary to not go um, lean in that first round and. You know, Max Bryant Brian, Brian is, is, is a scary watch too. You'd be, It's a scary watch either way, but I think Lynn can go just ballistic a bit more.
1: The thing with Lynn for me is that he's painful to watch as an owner and he's painful to watch as a non-owner. It's just painful.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I might as well just go and get someone else that I enjoy watching as someone that's in my team. It's just too stressful watching him otherwise.
0: Oh, fair enough. So you don't have Lynn in your team?
1: Nope. Oh, all right. No well, Here
0: we go. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and look, we've already sort of chatted about it. someone asked me uh, was Lynn versus Wildermuth to save 20K with Wildermuth being an all rounder? But obviously, you're not jazz boys. I'll
1: probably still go to Lynn there just because Wildermuth hasn't shown anything to hmm. me to prove that he's playing well enough.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to pause for a second and I'll be back in a second. All right. Now, two things that you think that, you know, players of Supercoach BBL need to know to succeed. If you have to just put it down to two things, someone who's like, how do I be good at this game? What are the two things that they, they, you're going to tell them?
1: Well, the first thing is to be very wary of the draw in the double game and making sure that you're all over your trade plan to make sure that you're not loading up on Heat, for example, when they've got a buy in round two and leaving yourself short. Um, obviously, to be able to be successful, you've got to have some of those double game round guys that go nuts twice. And yep. if you're the one of the guys that misses out on that, then you're going to be way behind. So, yeah, giving yourself the best chance by getting as many double gamers in each round, not just round one. Yep. I, I think there'll be quite a few teams that, go really heavy for round one and might end up way out in front early, but they'll be struggling for round two.
0: Yeah. It's no surprise. Uh, It's no surprise that people who go in with the, you know, the the nice juicy amount, a seven type one with four sixes and three heat, they've already got some strikers stashed on their bench and maybe a star, you know, they've, they've thought about it in the four weeks ahead and, you know, you make decisions, a uh, match short may not be somebody that does excite you, but he he's, he, if you've got a Harry Nielsen, a Rashid Khan and a Matt short, if he's going to bat at three, you've already got three players in the second round and you could bring in two more and go in with five and get a yeah, another star, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so those, that is a really good thing. If you're going to say two is to know the schedule, you've got to know the schedule and then maximize the double game rounds so i think that that's important because it's not actually i mean the game can be complicated because of weather you know and because of um you know if it, all it takes is a batter to get a, a good one early and you know it, it can be hard in that way but it really is a game of of utilizing the double game rounds and and missing the buys and and that's as simple as that and the
1: the other big thing is to try and pick players that have the most opportunities to score points, and that comes in all three formats of the game: bat, ball, and field. Yep. So that's why guys like Maxwell are, are so valuable because he'll bowl a few overs on occasion, might jag a wicket. He's gonna bat in the best parts of an inning where he's starting to pick up the the rate and get economy bonuses of uh, strike rate bonuses and that sort of thing. And he also fields in the danger areas. He's down at at long on and mid wicket, waiting for those hits that don't quite make it to the fence. So he will take mm. one, two catches almost every game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like I said before, with the wicket-keeper side of things, they've they've got an opportunity to get some extra points through that, which lowers their it uh, raises their base. So yeah. It means that they when they have a bad game, you're not punished for it too bad. You you still get a a, a stumping and 10 runs or something like that so you're still getting 25 30 points even when they've not really done much
0: yeah i mean i think it's always a good thing in bbl Supercoach to have yourself three keepers because you can actually you know they're all keeper and bat so you can have one stowed down in your batting and you can you know interchange in a triangular sense between keeper and you know those keepers and, and batter so that's a good point as well and look you know someone like that's what we mean by we by dan christian to chris jordan chris jordan will bowl in better parts of the game he's pretty handy coming in late in the order with the bat and he's probably one of the best fielders in world cricket and so he'll be in primo yeah. spots you know in the field so the you, you know max and and the guys from playbook were saying that today when you go into a double game round pick uh you know in the instance of the sixes and the, and the heat pick their best batter and their best bowler and then you you probably headed off in the right direction. I see these teams that, you know, they might have a Curran but they don't have a Majib as well. And I, and I kind of think well, the best bowler from the Sixes is is Curran, and and you need to have Bajib, especially because he's the best captain option. I think for the round, you, you know, yeah. and I think whether Chris Lynn is the best batter in their lineup, he probably is. If you if you're being honest, just not consistent. So
1: he's the most
0: yeah, he's their most dangerous batter. So. And, you know, Philippi, Vince probably for the, for the Sixers. So I think that that's the the avenue you can go in, in that round. Those are going to probably be the bulk scorers. They've got the best roles yeah. in their teams and they're expensive for a reason. You know, Tom Curran's never, ever been too far away from 200K, you know. Yeah. And Majeeb went on an amazing run, you know, last year in, in, the, in the in the games that he played. But he's, he's had a fantastic World Cup as well, you know, highest at you know, super coach average of, of all the players in the, in the World Cup recently for T20.
1: And look, he, he's every chance of losing money in, in this first round. His break-even is 131. Yep. So he needs to do well just to maintain his value, but the fact that he has that potential to go big and then plays two games, I, I feel like he's a, a really good option for that round one, but then he also becomes a very good sell option for round two.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing about, you know, if you've got these 200K players, even if they don't quite come off and they lose 10K, you know, 20K, you've got a 180K player in there. So to trade yeah. to a really good premium player the next round.
1: Yeah. So, all right, well, that's well, really good stuff. Even if there's a 130K guy that goes mental in round one and has a massive negative break even ready to go, you go Majeed down to there, and then you've got plenty of cash that you can go and bump someone else right up again. So yeah, yeah there, there, there's plenty of things that will change the plans that you have and another, you have to be flexible. You have to yeah. be able to see, okay, that guy's going nuts. He's going to earn a heap of cash over the next couple of games. I need to get on that ride because everyone else is going to get ahead of me if I don't. Yeah. So those things happen and you, you've got to be able to adjust your plan on the fly. Have a plan, but you've got to be able to adjust it.
0: Yeah. And, and look, you know, you can sometimes get too cute because the reality is that Majeeb will be the highest captain, probably player, probably him and current, you know, some might yeah. just out straight out captain current because he's going to probably be higher owned, but I'm my guess is that, you know, Majeeb will be the highest captained, you know, player. So if he happens to be the highest scorer of the round, you're, you're way down on the ladder in BBL super coach, because if you're, Somebody who wasn't going to fork out for him, the, you know, the premium option bowler-wise for you know the heat.
1: Well, here's the captain percentages for you. Um, currently, Josh Philips is the top captain option. Yeah. At 113 percent. 11. Mm. Glenn Maxwell is second. Oh. At eleven percent. Yeah. Daniel Sam third at nine point yeah. nine, yeah. and then final Imad at nine percent and Tom Curran's
0: at 7.6%. Yeah, I mean, I'd guess by the time we get to the round, yeah, uh, round kick, you're all, going to be Curran and right. Yeah, but, you know, so it's it's really interesting to look at. I think the ones that should not be, someone was saying to me, you know, the other day, how about a do I, fading Josh Philippi? And I told him out and out, no, I'd rather you fade Lynn than Philippi because <laughs> he's a wicketkeeper, uh, you know, he does have a better floor And, you know, I went over some of the figures that, you know, Josh Philippi got last year. So I said, he's too risky to, to um, you know, to fade. And if you're going to fade anyone, it it should be Lin, you know, because he's a yo-yo and potentially you're at a higher chance of him going fail, fail, you know, just that's a statistically a higher chance for Lin than it is for
1: Philippi. Well, look, the way I kind of look at that is if, this Sunday game gets washed out, then I can turn Philippi down to Clark and have an extra 60K to go and throw on the top of someone like Kuhneman.
0: Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all good things for people to think about. I think that if you don't have Majib and Karad in your team, I think you've got to find a way to have them in. You can sometimes try, I think quality players on a single game should you shouldn't be scared of going those plays, but some people they want to have Maxwell, they want to have Sam's, they want to have Darcy short and, and, and it's come at a a cost of someone like Majib. So I think the non-negotiables, if the, the, the round goes ahead unaffected by the rain, I think it's Philippi. I think it's Majib. And I think it's um, Curran. It should be the three that you build your round around, you know, in that round one double.
1: Well, but, Karen and uh, Majeeb are only sitting around the twenty percent owned mark.
0: Yeah, it, it surprises me. It really, really
1: surprises me. Way down, Yep. way down. Philip is at sixty-one percent.
0: Yeah,
1: Karen is at twenty-one percent.
0: Yeah, it just surprises me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go through um, my team. You know, you can tell me. Oh, you you've always been honest with me, so we can, you yeah. can have a look at my approach. <laughs> and you know, for you listeners out there, this is where I stand now. And obviously there's changes that I could make. And, you know, there's one player that I have on my team now, which I could, you know, reasonably get to that um, Clark, you know, which I'm very tempted by now as well, but we'll, we'll see how we go. All right. So in my keeper, I've got Josh Philippi. I think he's one of those three that you should have going into double game round. Obviously that needs to be, you know, adjustable. If the game, you know, doesn't look like it's going to go ahead. Uh, Harry Nielsen is my bench keeper. Uh, Obviously the news of Kerry, you know, makes Harry Nielsen, you know, I think a must have, especially with the double game round in round two.
1: Yep, like it.
0: Uh in my bat position, I've got Daniel Sands. Uh, watching him go out and thump that ball. I, I knew that he's bat I know I know that his batting has improved, but when I saw the way he batted the other day, he looked like that was some form, it's some big hitting. And I think he he it, he's a scary watch if you don't have him in your team, even for a round. You know, almost Scarier yeah, than...
1: well, he's one of the few genuine all rounders yeah. that are left because yeah. most of these other guys are going to bowl a couple of overs and bat in the middle order. Well, he bats in the, around that five mark, maybe six, but mm-hmm. the way he's hitting them, I'd be thinking he's probably pushing number five, and he's 100% going to bowl his four
0: overs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I mean,
1: people
0: are... are Yeah, so look, I, I there's times where I didn't have him in there, but as far as I'm concerned, he he really, we, when we talk about Jack Wildermuth in that Brisbane Heat round one team, we say he's got the plum role, probably batting at six and bowling his four overs in, because he's a senior bowler, he's bowling the good parts of the game. Well, Sam's is that, yeah. except he's, he's better at it. He's more consistent. And, you know, he's yeah. probably a better batter and bowler. So, you know, yeah. Sam's is a scary one not to have in the team. So I've got him in there. Uh, Tom Curran is in my bat as well, you know, It's uh, I I try to get as many all-rounders in my team as I can and and not as many pure batsmen. So my first two batters are are (laughs) all-rounders. I have got Glenn Maxwell in my team. So uh, look, the big show is I've got Lynn and I've got Maxwell because of the X factor about them. I think they're a scary watch and I've worked my team to have Maxwell in there. And now, obviously if the weather's about, I will make that change and pull Maxwell out with some urgency, but, He's in there at the moment just because I'm thinking in in an optimistic way about a Maxwell bringing the big show in round one and me getting a, you know, getting a a lead on the opposition by having, you know, Sam's current and Maxwell going off a single game player. So, I mean, he's every bit the premium. He certainly can be hit and miss and especially in a single game. You know, as a non-owner, you'd be hoping that he just gets bowled for a duck, you know, and then the game gets rained out. But I've got Maxwell in there currently.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm my team's pretty similar to yours so far. But I've got instead of Lynn and Maxwell, I've got Short and Steinis in that in those spots.
0: Yeah, yep. No, I mean, I think that the the big Stein was smacking some balls as well, wasn't he, in those practice games? Um, He'll be
1: slow today, but um, he can definitely hit a ball. Did you, he hit this lofted six over covers today that was spectacular.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's he at? 160 odd K, isn't he? So, yeah. You know, yeah, I think that that's, I think the Short is somebody I had plans to get in quite early. He's got the double game round in round six, you know, and I will definitely bring in um, the Stoin in round two, but it was just who. Who, is this, who scares me more? And that's why I put Maxwell in instead of Stoinis. I mean, Stoinis is scary as well, especially if it looks like he's going to bowl. But, you know, I just went Maxwell because I had the funds and I and I got him in there. I've got Chris Lynn. Now, I'm not 100% married to having Lynn in there because I could technically do the strategy of, you know, getting Lynn down to a Bryant, which, you know, is a sort of inconsistent watch as well. And I think probably you, you wouldn't say premium. You probably wouldn't even say... Uh, Borderline premium for Max Bryant. And, you know, I could get short up to a, a Clark. But at the moment, I've got Lynn in there but, in my team.
1: Yeah, it's one of those smokies. If you're going to go Bryant, you're just hoping that he goes off for those two games and then you'll get rid of him straight away. You wouldn't be holding him long term. No,
0: you definitely wouldn't. And, you know, the the only way it would work for you, you know, you if it comes off, you're a genius. And, you know, if he matches Lynn in that round and you got it at a 60K. You know discount to do other things in your team it, it, it's worked but just the sheer yeah. yeah just the sheer enormity of what lynn can do um you know i just i, 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 I don't know who said it on one of the podcasts it, i think it might have been ben from the honeyball is i just don't like to be too cute when it comes to double game round players so yeah. it, it sort of comes back to that best bat and best ball from mm-hmm. each team so to, for me that was leaning and i've got him in the team um So that's four of my batters. I've got Dan Hughes in there. Now I'm not in love with Dan Hughes, but for that double game round in round one and to get the right amount of sixes in my team, I think he'll bat three, maybe four if they go with Moises, you know, ahead of him at three. Um, But look, Dan Hughes has not got the runs on the board as far as recent um, BBL form, but he's in pretty reasonable touch in the lower grades currently, you know, in the, in the uh, state leagues. And, his role can't be sort of argued. I don't, I don't think I think he's got a fair role in the team, so he's worth a punt.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I don't mind him as an option. of having kind of popping in and out of my team, just dependent on uh, balance and funds and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to having Hughes in the side.
0: Yep, I've got Jilks on my bench. I think he's yep. um, a great option for teams. He's going to open the batting. For the thunder, you'd think, and now at 60k, he thinks he's probably, you know, the ones that have got really, really juicy roles. It's it's Harry Nilsson and it's Jukes, you know, that are probably the top ones at the moment. Um, look, I've got Matt Short on my my bench, and it doesn't sit well with me. You know, I've got uh, when you go through my team, you'll see the premiums that I've got in my team. I've got you know Karen, Sam's Maxwell, you know, I'm going to be spending quite a bit of funds, and so you know, I've got Nielsen's my most expensive bench player. So I've only got 60 Ks to play with. And so short, just based on batting at three, which is where I expect him. And then with a double game round in round two, I've picked him yep. in my team. It it could be him. It could be Sanger. It could be Finch, you know, just waiting because I know that he's going to come in and open. Uh, I haven't really decided hundred percent, but it's short at the moment, just because I played the double game round game. And we've said, you know, just get as many people for the double game round that you can get in. So, you know. You can also
1: use him as one of the loop options for round two as well. You just put him on the bench, put an emergency on him. If he goes well in that first game, then you go and drop whoever your cheapest batsman is.
0: Yeah, that's right. So you don't have to fully um, invest in him. You can just have him there. He's yeah. batting at three in the double game round. He could pull something off. And he's, he, you have him on your bench and you loop him <laughs> you loop him in yeah. if it comes off. So yeah, there's just not really, I think, heaps of great 60K options, I think, in, uh, outside I of Jones good. and Nielsen.
1: I feel like we're going to get some interesting things pop up later oh, in the yeah. week.
0: Yeah, some of the
1: you know the I feel like there's gonna be a couple of cheapies that pop up just not that weren't quite on the radar that are gonna be interesting.
0: Well, I mean that's actually a really, really good point because I've got Harry Nilsson in my keeper spot. If we got a 42k, you know, keeper that came in, I would put a non-playing reserve because that's the best and easiest way to loop your VC score. In, in in keeper, you know, so I would have a non player in my keeper and I'd bring Nielsen down, then I don't have to go with short and I get an extra 20k to play with. So yeah. that would be, and then you'll have
1: um, Nielsen and Gilts as your yeah. reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I
0: like so, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see how that all, all lands, but it's, it's short at the moment. All right, in my bowlers, I've got Majib. You know, he's going to be my captain yeah. in round one, and I think he's, you know, probably the premium option, you know, for the. He's the one that I wouldn't, is non-negotiable. Yep, in the heat. Uh, I've got Rashid Khan. He he averages 90 against the Renegades, and the Renegades are looking in all sorts in their batting lineup. Uh, And (laughs) I just think he could clean up in round one. I don't want to wait till round two. He's got the double game round, and he's a must-have for round two. But I've got him in round one, because I think he's got a good matchup.
1: Yep, I have both of those as well.
0: I have got matt kelly in my team i think he is you know they've got the double game round in round four i only had a hundred and you know hundred and change to play with uh you know i could you know he i'm close enough to be able to go a Clark, but he's a batter yeah and, and i think bowlers are safer bets to go with and he in the past you know not that it's premium premium but he has showed some borderline premium, you know, like on the border of a premium with his averages and where his price has got to in previous roles. But like you said, there are moving parts in that Scorchers outfit. I just think that he is – I see a lot of people saying um, Aaron Hardy, who's coming back from injury, and I don't know how much he'll bowl. His batting has been fantastic. Hardy, for instance, but I just like Matt Kelly um, because he's the Jai Richardson role in that team, and I think he's pretty safe, you know, in that role. Uh, I've gone with Bartlett in my team. I just think he's a a good option for the round one. I know that there's been an injury concern with him, but he seems to have, you know, starting to get over that. And I think he'll play both games in the double game round. He'll probably open the bowling with Jack Wilderman.
1: Yeah. My worry a little bit was, was he playing reserve grade stuff because he's coming back from injury? or because guys like Baisley and that were in front of him
0: I think that he was coming back from an injury and in the re- in a recent game I saw them in Baisley bowl more overs you know than Bartlett and I if I'm being honest I've actually changed in my team Bartlett and Baisley around you know several times because he's at least got an all rounder. Right. it's sort of like a poor man's Wildman you know Baisley uh, and he seems to be bowling a little faster as well so You know, he seems like he's got a bit more nip in him. So I'm not 100% sold on Bartlett. I just think that I like the quality of Bartlett. I think he's got a bit of quality to him.
1: Yeah, I love watching him bowl last year. As someone who used to be a swing bowler, watching anyone swing the ball always gets me a bit excited. Yeah. yeah. Dan Worrell, legend.
0: Yeah, I love Dan Dan Worrell. Yeah, but anyway, so he's in my team at the moment. It could be... um, it could be Baisley, and, and it could even be Kuhneman. Go get it, save another 10
1: Kuhneman. Yeah, I could save another Kuhneman. 10K.
0: And, you know, the good thing about um, Kuhneman is he'll be more of a pod, you know? And yeah. so you could take a punt on these 80 or 90K players, and, you know, if you want to go the route less traveled, you could go a Kuhneman. And, you know, the thing about um, Kuhneman is if anything, he's the one that might get a few games and then when players come, he, he, he might be the one that just goes to enough afterwards. So it's almost better if that's what happens to a player that you can't move on. If their role diminishes yep. and they stay in the team, so Bartlett may not go... When you get Nisa and Steckity back, maybe Bartlett doesn't bother his full allotment of four overs and maybe he doesn't play every game. So, you know, you... You you know you, you're getting those subpar scores in there, whereas someone like Kuhneman could just go out of the team completely, and then he's not going to be there to get you bad scores.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: and I've got Ben Menenti, yeah, spinner. He looks like he might be ahead of Lloyd Pope in that team, and I always like a spinner. He's in the seventy mm-hmm. ks, uh, you know. And right. I I kind of like Menenti. I like him. I like he's got a bit of swag about him, so I'll, I've got him in.
1: Yeah, I've got him in as well. I, I think he's he's got an opportunity to go in there and get a, a couple of good games in early and cement that spot going forward. And if he does cement that spot for the season, you you can only see his price going upward.
0: Yeah. And on the bench, I've got two nuffs. I've got Jay Can and at the moment it's Sully. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not in love with having two NPRs. I would prefer if it was a keeper. I could put one in a keeper and you know because JK is an all-rounder, technically I can bring him up to bat and have have an NPR in bat and bowl, which is not the worst because I can get a look at a bench player and use you know yep. one in bat and one in bowl as my loops. You could do that with just just JK alone. You don't need a second one if you've got JK, but I can't afford anyone else at the moment with the way that I've gone with these <laughs> premium guns like you know Curran, Sam's, Maxwell, Majib, Rashid Khan, you know, those are going to take up a fair bit of your, your salary. So it's a, I've gone an aggressive pro, approach. I do hope that we get some news in this last week about these fill-in, you know, the signings for the, for the clubs yeah. and we'll get some 42K, you know, hopefully a keeper in there, which sits better with me. And as it sits now, it does make me feel uncomfortable. I feel like I need to tinker a little bit, maybe get a player in there. I always try to get as many players as I can, earning money and scoring points. But at the moment, I can't even bench loop off any of my bowlers because there's just two non-players in there.
1: There There's so many cheap guys there that we just uh, are fringe players that you don't know that they're actually going to get on the field. So until we get a little bit more clarity, which apparently there's going to be some more media stuff going on throughout the week and we should get a bit more information about it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the thing was, it was Paris looked like a fair option to start with. And, you know, Renshaw having the all-rounder ability, you could have had him in there. But... You know, what else is there, really? I mean, some people are going with Sutherland, you know, and he's up around the 70K. I don't think that.
1: He scored a few runs in, today in yeah. both innings. He got a, yeah. a 20 and a 40. Yeah, and one one iteration of the my ball team, ball.
0: he he was in there, you know, but you've got to find yourself 30K there and, you know. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not hugely, <laughs> you know, sold on it, but that's the team as it stands, um, you know, for, for round one. I've got seven for the double game round in round one. I currently have three. Uh, I have three strikers in my team. I have one star and I've got one, uh, scorcher. So, you know, I think I'm stowing the right kind of numbers. I think for, um, you know, the upcoming rounds, I'm not entirely sold on short and I will wait to see for news. So those are probably the ones I've not sold on, you know, and yeah, yeah, I'm really tempted by, um, Joe Clark. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. And when, and so your bowlers, what, what have you got for,
1: in the bowl currently? So the only difference I had in my bowlers was instead of um, Matt Kelly, I had Chris Jordan there. Mm-hmm. And I had Kooneman over Barber. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the rest at the moment are the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. You are always tight in the arms <laughs> of the
1: coach, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. our starting side has about three players different at this point, four actually.
0: Yeah, no surprise. Two balls
1: different.
0: Yeah. Well, it's no surprise. Um, look, so that was probably where we'll we'll finish it off. I think that, you know, we're obviously going to wait and see what news comes in this week. And I think that people will probably adjust as well. We've seen some things that have happened, like the Joe Clark innings, like Stoyness going off yeah. well, that's probably going to influence some changes for people. Um, you know, yep. I could find money to get short up to a Joe Clark just by going, starting with Stoyness instead of Maxwell. So I'll probably just sit there and think about those things. Yeah, um, yeah
1: I would love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, if you, we'll finish off on, there's going to be people out there that are saying, which, how would you rank the cheapies? Just give me your top five. You know, we've mentioned a couple of them on there, but I see people with like Sanger. The, I see people that even count the ones that, you know, Max was saying, hold Finch, hold um, Renshaw. If they find their way in there as a, in your top five, there, let me know.
1: There will be a time that Finch comes into my side, but if he's not going to play the first three games, then I'll wait and I'll mm-hmm. use him as one of my downgrades. So the guys that I think have given good opportunities and they're at good cheap prices, uh, they're not bottom, bottom dollar, but guys like your Nielsen and Gilt. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're they've both kind of jumped quite a bit in their uh, their roles over the mm-hmm. last week or so so I feel like they're pretty high on my rankings i I'm liking kuhneman at 85 yep. okay um Manenti's a good option Hughes is a good option and then the your really bottom dollar guys are literally a lottery at this point mm. so it, it's hard to really rank them guys like your matt shorts could bat three and bowl two overs in the power play at the start of an innings. like, and, and that would be great. We would love to see that. But yeah. we, we don't know what the, the lineup's going to be just yet because there's just so many moving parts with all these different squads going everywhere. Um, who else was a good option that um, I haven't mentioned yet? Uh, I kind of said Hugh, didn't I? Um,
0: yeah, well, there's probably Bart. The main- yeah, it's probably Bartlett yeah, Bart- in there.
1: Bartlett and Bailey, um, are the others,
0: yeah. Yeah, I was waiting to see if um, Sam Whiteman get added to the game and, and at, the, at the Renegades there and what his price would be. I think he might be sub 100K. And if he gets that opening role, he could be an option. I think Bancroft, um, you know, if he's going to open, do you think that's going to go on long-term? Probably not because now they've chosen Carey. You know that Inglis is going to come back into that team. So I think that, that probably puts a line through Bancroft.
1: Yeah, because English might uh, English is going to come back from Australia A after their buy or for the buy, know they'll actually make it back for the buy. Back so they kind the of Bancroft. Yeah, yeah. So you, if we knew that they were going to come back after that buy, then Bancroft would have a little bit more interest. But the fact that he's going to have a diminished role for that double game round kind of puts a bit of a damper yeah. on it.
0: Mm. all right well thanks for coming on the show uh, i think all of those things were good to chat about and you know i think it probably gives people an idea we go through lineups of two people who play the game similarly we, ha- we don't have many differences but we've i think that you know target these premiums. most of the people that are going to score you the points of the premiums i think you and i have both got seven we're going this seven premiums approaching uh, i think that it's worth taking a punt on your hues or your match shorts you know there's not great great cheapies outside of you know jokes and Nielsen if we're being honest, and all of them are going to yep. come with an element of risk. And I just think, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I've never been a fan of midi madness. So you could have all these 100k players on your bench, but I think you're going to be pr- premium deficient if you do that.
1: Well, if you've got a hundred k, two hundred k batsman on the bench, you're spending that money on someone who a could lose money and B. If they get a one of them gets a good score, you can't even use it. Yeah, that's right. Because so there's
0: you can only you can only have the reserve on one of them. You know, in there yeah. for it to count. So yeah. you
1: can only put one of them in. I, I I don't. I wouldn't be spending 100k on both bench players. If you wanted to kind of really balance things out and have one 100k guy there, I can I can kind of get my head around that a little bit. But yeah. there's, I there's quite you a few. That are under 100k that are good value, like your, your Menendez, and Bartlett, Bailey, Hughes, Nielsen. Like you, you can balance it out better than spending 100k on both your benches.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, the very basic rules of if they bat in the top three, you know, someone like Hughes could go out and suck, but so could um, Philippi. Like <laughs> it is, it just you never know, you know. And someone who costs—it could be someone who just completely surprises. I mean, when Manus came in last year at the price that he was at, you know, it just all skyrocketed <laughs> after that. And you never know; something like that could happen. Yeah. So it's just you yeah. might as well take a punt if they've got a fair roll. It's worth a roll of the dice so that you can get these premium players in. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And look, if people want to go and join the Discord, they can look you up on Twitter where there's instruction, there's a link for them to, to go and join the Discord because you don't just do BBL, you do a whole range of sports in there and there's lots of podcasters, there's some winners in there and it's a really growing number of people in that uh, Discord.
1: Yep, it's a great place. All of your favorite podcasters all have links to their podcasts coming through the hub. You have uh, your chat, injury news, um, team updates. It's- All of it's on there, and it's for NRL, BBL, racing, AFL, NFL, uh, NBA. All all of these fantasy sports are covered, Um, and you can find the Supercoach hub on Twitter, at supercoach underscore hub, and the links to the Discord are in the profile beautiful
0: all right well go and look them up and i'm in there so you know and i get a lot of you know, see everyone posting teams and people's opinions and it, it makes me change my thought process on things and i think that when you yep. get those lots of people who are they're pro players you know i'm see we're in a couple of different comms where we're getting people's rankings and i think i'm a pretty fair player and i see people who have just that are in there chatting away that finish way higher than me <laughs> it's, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, i think they know a heck of a lot more about it than i do so it's a really good place and go and Go and look it up and join in, guys, because you know it'll. I think it'll help you. You know, same as the Honeyball Mag. I, I got the copy of the Honeyball Mag. I think that helps you play the game better because there's such. You got prior winners writing articles of how they won it, and we've got some winners yeah, yeah, in there and exactly. some really great players giving advice to you know jump in, ask your questions, and people will help you. Well,
1: every bit of information you can get will benefit your super coaching season. Yep. You get every little bit of information you can soak up and then use all of that to create your own ideas of how to go forward. But the more information, the better.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Kane. It was good to talk to you obviously in the last podcast before the big bash starts. Now I'll be back in probably you know, each week and I'll do a podcast about the round that was, but having you on to chat um, the one before the, the, the big bash commences has been a great privilege to have you on the show and good luck to you this season.
1: Thanks for having me, mate. Pleasure
0: to be right. here. Cheers, bud. Bye. Mm. Thanks for coming on the show, Kando. you legend. From the Supercoach Hub. A really great thing to join. Jump in and join the Discord. Big Bash is starting soon. How exciting. Let's hope all the advice helps and you get off to a great start. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Talk to you uh, once the rounds all started after the first round. Cheers, guys. Bye. And if you want to follow me on socials, you know, I do Instagram and I've got a Facebook group. Click on the link and you can join away. Cheers, guys. Bye.